hold the invitation right now. The music was just absolutely, and the scripture in there just absolutely amazing. But he is risen. Our first text came in this morning with that on it from our oldest son before 6 a.m. because they're on both of my sons are working today this weekend. And uh, within 15 minutes, every one of our children had responded. He is risen indeed. Encouraging. That'll fire you up. Now, I want to be calm. Don't want to get too excited. But let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to read the first four verses in that passage, and then we're going to look at a couple other verses in that passage. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. Look at these key words, preached and saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. For our sins. According to the Scriptures. And that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Powerful. That's a pretty powerful little passage there. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to you for the celebration that we are a part of today. Thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ is risen indeed. And that we have so much to be thankful for, but I'm just confident... I am so confident in our flesh, we cannot fully comprehend the horror of the cross and the celebration, the victory in heaven over the resurrection. So, Father, we thank you, and we thank you that you have given your word, and we can study and meditate and be a part, learn as much as we can. But Lord, one day, one glorious day, when we're in heaven with you, we'll be able to understand it better by and by. So we trust you now to accomplish your will, bring glory to yourself. We trust your word to be powerful today in all of our lives, that we would individually receive the word of God the way your Holy Spirit intends it for each one of us. We'll be careful to praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. Amen. 
Well, if you've been around our church very long at all, if you've heard any Christmas messages or Easter messages, you've probably heard me say a few things about the devil being a deceiver and the world's philosophy uh, and the approach to distract and counterfeit the two biggest events the church celebrates and Christians should be celebrating the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And if you just think about it, think about the distraction and think about how we try to commingle and make a little bit of the world fit into this celebration. And, and we're pretty good at justifying what we do. Let me give you a little bit of trivia. I'm not really a real trivia person, but I, I did. I'm getting smarter by the day with my phone. You know, I finally did learn how to text. I've, I don't do emails, never done an email in my life. So all the emails come to my wife. So all the church emails, I'll go to my wife. I've never done an email. Don't know how to. The other day in the truck out here, I turned it on. I was waiting on my wife, and music was coming over that thing. And I, I, I called Aaron over. I said, Aaron. Aaron was walking. I said, Aaron, come here. Help me. There's music. What is this? And uh, it was something said Bluetooth. I said, Blue, Bluetooth? Music? He said, he came over and listened. He said, now, how'd you get? I said, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue how that got there. But I said, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm afraid. What? He, he listened. He said, what do you think the chances are just by chance that a conservative Christian college would have their choir playing on your Bluetooth. I said, I don't know. I didn't put it there. <laughs> Come to find out, my wife told me later, I said, Linda, I'm just so concerned. It just popped up. She said, that's on my phone. See, I don't know. I'm sorry. But I did some trivia, so I'm sure some of you will really eat this up, and some of you will say it's a waste of time. Okay, so I understand that. The question is, how much money do Americans spend on Easter candy? In the year 2000, according to this research that I did, okay, in the year 2000, Americans spent $1.9 billion on Easter candy. Now, I got to thinking, when some of you hear this, you're going to probably get in your little sack. You're going to be going back to Walmart and say, I'm not, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> so you're going to want to return all those chocolate bunnies you bought. It's second only to Halloween. In that same year, 2000, on Halloween, around Halloween, $2 billion were spent. And Christmas was $1.4 billion. Now, 2019. Now, remember, this is going to be on the test. 
1.9 million in 2000, but in 2019, 2.5 or 2.6 billion dollars have been spent on Easter candy in America. I wonder how much was given to missions. In the year, now listen, this gets worse. In the year 2021, Americans spent $3 billion on Easter candy. Now, statistics show also that more people visit churches. And this, I could have gone, there was a little deal. I could have done how much people spend on clothes just to get ready for Easter. I didn't do that. Okay. But more people visit churches on Easter Sunday more than any other day of the year. Now, pastors have 30 to 40 minutes to give them the gospel and encourage them to come back on a regular basis. Now, also, and I've got to tell you this, I'm just being transparent. I'm just being myself. I've decided a long time ago I wasn't going to try to be anybody but me. I did some more research. Because this is available, and I didn't even know it's available. But I, I researched one of my favorite, maybe my favorite preacher, Dr. Adrian Rogers. And I just kind of checked... What are some of his Easter messages? Because I wanted, I wanted to hear what he had to say. We had a message, and Linda said, be sure and give him. I always do give credit, but he, she said, be sure you give credit, because that was the one that popped up uh, on Friday. So people have already probably heard this message, <laughs> the, the one that I listened to. But... <clears throat> The title of it was, If There Had Been No Easter, by Dr. Adrian Rogers. I, just out of curiosity, anybody listen to that? You did? This Friday? Oh, you've heard it. Okay, and you listen to it this Friday? You've been in the past, okay. Well, I want to tell you how I felt. Linda, she said, are you wanting to listen to this? And I said, I would already had my sermon just about done. I was almost already done. And I pulled, you know, a little bit of the stuff that he had said. I said, man, that's good. I'll give him credit for that. And, and, I'll, and I'd already written everything out. Hand, I'd handwrite all my sermons. And after I listened to his message, I said, I just wonder if we ought to just plug him in and just let me sit over here and I'll have the invitation. Because <laughs> if you want to really hear a good sermon, you need to hear Dr. Andy Rogers preach that text. It's actually uh, some other verses in this same chapter, 12 through 20. If there had been no Easter. But before he got into the message, I found this intriguing before he got out of the message, he asked his congregation, how many of you have ever heard of Harry Houdini? So how many of you, let's see, if you've heard of him, okay, so you younger people don't, a lot of you don't. Harry Houdini, he died October 1926. His claim to fame was that he was a magician that specialized in spectacular escapes. As a matter of fact, he said 
It's been said of him that he laughed at locks. He was handcuffed, completely handcuffed, and he escaped. He sneered at fetters. They said that Harry had the flexibility of an eel. He had the lives of a cat. He did all kind of things to try to, they, they tried all, all kind of ways to incarcerate him. They put him in a coffin, wrapped chains around it and threw it in the river. He got out. They riveted him in a boiler and he escaped. They sewed him up in the canvas bags. He escaped. They locked him down in a milk can, and he got out. They put him in a maximum security prison, and somehow old Harry got out. But then on October 1926, old man Death laid his hands on Harry Houdini and put him in the grave. He is yet to escape. As a matter of fact, he told his wife, I thought this was pretty intriguing. He told his wife, if there's any way out, I'll find it. If there's any way out, I'll make contact with you. See, he had, they had a few little things that they did and they claimed. And we'll do it on the anniversary of my death. Now, I read the script. Manuscript, and I also heard the audio, and Dr. Rogers said on the day of his birthday, and then in the script, it was on the day of his death, so I don't know which one. Now, for 10 years, his wife, when that day of his death came around, his wife would light a light and keep it burning beside his picture waiting for him to make contact because that's what they said they would he would make contact at the end of 10 years she did that for 10 years after 10 years she finally turned out the light and never turned it on again death had harry and he could not escape but death put jesus in that tomb and there was a massive stone at the mouth of that tomb, and it was sealed with a Roman government seal. And it was placed in the opening of that tomb. But the third day, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. <laughs> Amen. He rose from the dead. And left, and this is what I love the way, Dr. Rogers, I mean, he just, he could paint a picture with words, you just see it. He said, he left those grave clothes like a butterfly would forsake a cocoon. Folks, I am convinced, and I believe this with all of my heart, that every time we preach and every time we speak, and throughout the encounters we have throughout the week, there is someone, there could be someone here, and I believe that, there could be someone here that 
maybe for the very first time you're hearing the gospel. Now, let me explain what I mean by that, because you remember the story when at First Baptist Laporte, we had a bunch of men that were young guys coming along. We were, hadn't been married long, and we were being discipled by our pastor. And this, uh, they had visitation back in those days, and I don't know if it was Tuesday night or Thursday night, but visitation, they were going out knocking on doors. So they went to this uh, mobile home area where they just had a concentration of a lot of mobile homes. So they go knock on this door, this person, and uh, his name was Larry Laux. Knock, 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 and he'd come to the door and they'd give him the gospel. Larry would say, no, thank you. Next week, same night, same time, knock, 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 same door, giving the gospel. He'd say, no, thank you. And his own testimony to me that they must have come four or five times, very persistent, coming and knocking on the same door and giving him the same gospel message. And he said, you know, I heard it and I heard it and I heard it. He said, finally, one, one day I heard it. One day I heard it. He's the same guy, just so you can connect the dots. He's the same guy in the Astrodome that we were in the far out outfield one time at a game. He was over in another section. He had binoculars and spotted me. And we're in a real tight game. And we're just, you know, had little kids and everything. And we're, we're there. And here he comes. He finds us. And he walks up with his big old thick Bible. And he plops it down my lap. And he said, I just memorized the book of James. Would you listen to it for me? That's the same guy. He heard it and heard it and heard it. And one day he heard it. So let me tell you, I've been a pastor here a long time. And several individuals have been members. Several have been faithful attenders. And they heard it, and they've heard it, and they've heard it. And one day, they decided they really did hear it, and they received Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, and they became a born-again believer on that day. And I believe that could happen today. I believe that could happen today in your life. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. That's what we're doing which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved. That's a good word. I'm saved. Saved from eternity in hell. Saved from the power of sin. I'm saved. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. The Lord Jesus Christ is in the saving business, and He wants to save you today if you've never been saved. He wants to save you. He wants to come into your life. Well, the other day, I was preparing to go to the woodlands to have a little skin cancer removed on my temple, and we had a slow leak. We discovered it Sunday morning, 
and I put air in the tire. We got here and I had to put air in the tire. So Monday before Tuesday, I decided to um, uh, take it to our local mechanic shop there in Normandy. And um, I know the owner, and he's a strong believer. He goes to the prisons and preaches. He's got pictures showing me people they've that's accepted Christ and they've been baptized in a water trough. And uh, so he was telling me, I said, we're always swapping stories. So he was telling me, he said, preacher, the other day a man drove up in his car and we had a conversation. He had his window down and I was standing out there out of his car and he said to the owner, he said, I know you're a praying man. He said, well, I try to be. He said, I'd, I'd like for you to pray for me. And he said, why? What's wrong? He said, well, they just diagnosed me with some real bad cancer. And so he said, um, he said, well, has there ever been a day in your life that you can remember, that you can think back, that you invited Jesus Christ into your life? He said, No. He said, I'm not a church-going man. I don't go to church. He said, but, well, do you know you could? You could receive Christ even right here, right now? And he said, no, I didn't know that. He said, yeah, you can. Let me tell you. And he told him, he gave him scriptures and gave him the gospel. And, and he said, would you like to receive Christ right now in your heart and life and ask him to save you and forgive you of your sins? And he said, I sure would. He had tears just streaming down his face. And Larry put his hand on his shoulder and he prayed for him. Then he said, just pray from your heart and talk to God about your sin that you want to be saved. And that guy got saved. He prayed. He's an older man. He got saved. He prayed and asked Jesus to come into his heart and life right there in the parking lot of old gravel. It's just gravel. White dust. Well, he took off and came back around and Larry was there and he said, is everything okay? Had a big wad of money. And he stuck the money out the window and said, here, take this. And Larry said, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't take that. He said, no, I want you to put it in the offering plate Sunday. It's amazing. Amazing. He's got stories like that all the time. Now, does your mechanic lead people to Christ? Just asking. I mean, it's just asking. It's a good thing. And I have to ask you the same thing Larry asked that man. As we're, as we're here today, individually, is there been a day in your heart and life that you can think back that that's when I acknowledged that I was a sinner, I needed to be saved, and I, needed, I wanted Jesus to save me? Is there a way that, that, that you could acknowledge that today? Either to the Lord, just say, Lord, no, I've never done that. I, I've, been, I've been in church, I've heard, I sing, I've written a check or two. But no, I, I don't remember ever inviting Jesus to come into my heart and life. Well, I want to take you to these other verses, and this could happen to you today, if you would. But what if... Jesus had not been raised. Look at verse 12 through 19 or so. 
Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say among you that there is no resurrection? Some of you, some among you, say that there's no resurrection of the dead. Verse 13, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain? <clears throat> Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. I want you to just follow along. I mean, read this. See what he's saying. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ, it is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. And they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of, of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Just think back what was said here and written in this passage. Our preaching would be in vain. If there's no resurrection, and we're claiming it is, there is, but if there's no resurrection, then our preaching is in vain. Folks, just in plain, honest terms, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, you might as well have slept in this morning. Or you might as well be on the golf course. Or you might as well be out, you know, picking flowers. Because it's the preaching... All of this preaching that we do in our churches is vain if Christ is not risen from the dead. And then I, I thought Dr. Rogers really pointed out a good about the false witnesses. Yea, and in verse 15, and yea, we are found false witnesses of God. I, I really... I don't know that I ever would have thought of this. But he said they, were, they would be false witnesses. You know, I don't know if you've ever had very much contact with people that are guilty of doing things wrong, like crime, criminals type people. It took me a long time to understand when you ask them a question and it was going to cost them something, they're probably going to lie about it. They lied to get out of trouble. If there had been no resurrection, think, think about this. The apostles were lying, and look how they died. They could be found false witnesses. They were telling the truth, and it cost them their lives. Your faith is vain if there's no resurrection and you're still in your sins. You're still in your sins. 
We're sinners as a believer, and Jesus has been raised from the dead. We are still sinners, but we are saved sinners. And sin has no power over us. The only power sin has over us is what we give or relinquish to sin and the devil. And then there's no hope for those who have died. You know, even this morning, Linda got a message from one of her sisters, and she said something like, she's so thankful that we'll be able to spend all eternity together in heaven. I mean, that, listen, we, we mourn at the death of a loved one. We do mourn. We are human. It does hurt. We, there is pain involved, and sometimes it's harder to get over than anybody would think. But I'm going to tell you, I can't imagine if we didn't, if I wasn't a believer and I, I had death happen in my family, I, don't, I can't imagine how I'd feel because we know that though, whether it's young or middle-aged or older, when our loved ones and friends die, if they die in Christ, they've been born again, there is a confidence we're going to see them again and spend all eternity with them again, forever and ever. But lost people don't have that hope. Listen, I've been in the hospital. I never will forget in one little old country town. And the man was on a ventilator and having heart attack after heart attack after heart attack. His family was there, and I saw this with my own eyes. They weren't believers. He wasn't a believer. And literally, his heart exploded on the table. It just exploded. And I saw the doctor taking tranquilizers out of a bottle and passing them out to the people in the room. They all had their hand out because they were sobbing. There was no hope for them. They had no hope. They had no promise of tomorrow to be able to see their loved one again. It was over with for them. So they had to dull their senses. Folks, I'm going to tell you, and I don't say this proud, boastfully, I don't mean it that way. And if you take it that way, I'm sorry. I don't mean it this way. I make no apologies. I never have and I never will make an apology and proclaim that our celebration is about Jesus Christ and Him being raised from the dead and Christ only. I don't, I don't want to mix bunnies and eggs and all of that and try to somehow spiritualize it. I, I just can't do it. Listen, my wife and I, and I don't often do this, but Friday we saw a Hollywood version, and you probably know what I'm talking about, of the crucifixion. We sat there and just tears. I'm telling you what, that, that was Hollywood's version. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it was like for Jesus to be beaten by those Wicked Roman soldiers and his flesh being torn and his, his body and the blood and the pain and the agony he was going through. And then we sat around and pass out candy and bunnies. I, I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I can't participate in that. He went through too much for us. This is no child's game. Do it another day. Call it something else. It's another day. But don't try to connect it with the resurrection from the dead. Let 
We'll never, I don't think in this, in this life, I don't think in this life we can appreciate or even come close to understanding the pain and agony that Jesus went through dying for our sin. And listen, I've, I've been reading this week secret sins and gross sins and individuals attacking individuals and the harm that people do to each other. And Jesus, his, his death, burial, resurrection, he died for them too. Don't, don't get the idea that we're high and mighty and, you know, we've been raised in a certain family and we're going to be, you know, no, we're dirty, rotten sinners and we need a Savior. And Jesus died. He died for our sins. And He was crucified. Those nails, those spikes, the suffocation, the difficulty of getting His breath. And He died for our sins, he paid the sin debt that we all owe God, and he paid for it. He is the sacrificial lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He could be your savior today. He could be your savior today. Whoever you are, he could be your savior today. You could invite him to come into your heart and life today. You could give your life to Him and you could know what this victorious celebration is all about, but you can't understand it. You'll never be able to understand it until you receive Him as your personal Lord and Savior. We're all sinners. And the penalty for sin is death. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Would you join with me as we pray? This could be a real battle. This could be a real struggle because there could be someone here that's always here. And no one would know. But you see, I'm convinced you know and God knows. If you've ever really been saved, but would you as believers, would you join me? Would you join us in praying that God would rebuke the principalities and powers, the enemies of darkness, and remove the blinders from their eyes so they could see glory. They could see Jesus. They could see Him as their personal Savior. Invite Him to come into their heart and life. and Let them be saved today. Don't put it off. Listen, you don't have any guarantee. None of us do. We can get out on that highway out there, and it could be over with in a second. And that one last chance that you had was right here in this room. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? Are you going to go ahead and put it off? You're too proud to admit and acknowledge? Listen, if you could get a glimpse, if we could get a glimpse of the torment of hell, if we could get a glimpse of what it's really like, what hell is really like, I don't think we'd have to beg and plead with people. I think they'd be rushing to the front. They'd be coming to Christ. They'd be saying, I don't want any part of that. And you could say, well, that's the wrong motivation. I don't care. Listen, if they come to Christ and get genuinely saved, and if they're afraid of hell, so be it. They'll fall in love with him once they invite him into their heart and life. You can't love, you can't love Christ until you know him personally. You don't fall in love with him first. You fall in love with him after you become a believer. 
So trust him. Today could be the greatest day of your life. Easter Sunday, 2022. A lot of bad things are happening around the world. A lot of bad things. Just flip anywhere and you'll find some of the worst news. Houston, San Diego, California, Ukraine. Bad news. But today, today, you could ask Jesus to save you and come in your heart and life and be your Lord and Savior. I want to read a passage. I read it last year. It's in the book of Romans. That's fine. Look at Romans 10. You got your Bibles? Turn, turn, in, turn in Romans 10. We'll have a children's choir here in a minute. They're all going to be chiming in. That's all right. Isn't that beautiful? As long as it's not my child crying, it's all right. When it's my child, that's the one I get real nervous about. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Would you do that today? Would you do that now? Would you ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you right now? And then would you be willing to tell others here at the church that I just got saved? I just asked Jesus in my heart. You know what? Not one person is going to say, well, Shame on you. They're going to be rejoicing and they're going to be hugging you. They're going to be wanting to say, thank you, Lord, for saving a soul. Let's bow for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the power of it. I thank you for preachers that have gone on before us that preach so powerfully. Lord, I pray that today there would be someone, someone in this room, someone listening to live stream, Father, that they would receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior today. It would be the day, the greatest day of their lives. They'd really get saved this time. I pray, Father, that you would do a great work in our hearts and lives and help us, help us to understand what is really the celebration, what this celebration is really about. We'll be careful to praise you and we trust you. With the results, they're all yours. It's all up to you, and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.